0: Hey there, I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, wonderful Java junkies. Welcome to another episode of t for c My next guest helped to change my life for the better, and I really mean that. Before I discovered her and experienced her way of teaching meditation. I actually didn't really understand meditation. I couldn't empty my mind or quiet my thoughts or stop them. But then I discovered Emily Fletcher. But before I properly introduce you to her, I want to make sure you've signed up for the Java Junkies Journal. That's our weekly newsletter that we send out bright and early on Monday mornings with the full lowdown on the five guests and episodes we're dropping that week. And it is super easy to do. Just head on over to the Time for Coffee website at time4coffee.org, and it's right there on the homepage. And while you're there, you can also check out the other podcasts we've dropped, which are actually organized by profession or health, wellness, and self-care. So for example, you can click on marketing or sales and all the interviews we've done with professionals in those careers are there to better help you find the help you need to rock the job search and life search. And my next guest falls into the category of life search. Or maybe I should say the pixie dust you need to sprinkle on your life so that you can be your best self. So grab your mug and take a chug of a delicious caffeinated beverage because it's time for another caffeinated career conversation. And my guest today is Emily Fletcher, the founder of Ziva, the creator of the Ziva technique and regarded as the leading expert in meditation for high performance. Her recent accomplishments provide a stark contrast to the stressed out Broadway performer she was 10 years ago. During Emily's decade-long career on Broadway, which included roles in Chicago, the producers, a chorus line, she began going gray at 27, suffered from insomnia, was underperforming at work, getting sick four or five times a year, and believing that this was all normal. Then, in 2008, Emily was introduced to a powerful practice that cured her insomnia and improved her health on the very first day. I think you can guess what that practice was. Emily, welcome to Time for Coffee. I don't think I should ask you if you're caffeinated, but are you decaffeinated and ready to go?
1: (laughs) I am indeed. I am meditated and ready to rock.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So what is the Ziva technique, and what differentiates it, Emily, from other meditation practices. So the Ziva technique is this
1: beautiful trifecta of
0: mindfulness,
1: meditation, and manifesting—the three M's, as we like to call it. And this is a bit of news to people because a lot of people think that mindfulness and meditation are the same thing. A lot of people are using those terms as synonyms, but they're not the same thing. Mindfulness is the art of bringing your awareness into the right now. And most of the meditation apps out there, most of the YouTube videos, most of the drop-in studios are actually teaching what I would call mindfulness. It's where you're directing your focus somewhere, like. I'm going to visualize a waterfall or visualize my chakras or count my breathing. So you're focusing on something. And mindfulness is great. It's very powerful, like I said, at getting rid of your stress in the now. Like I had a crazy day at school today. I'm feeling really stressed. Let me do this 10 minute of guided breath work and I feel better in the now. Like you have a headache, you take aspirin, you feel better right now. What meditation is doing, and meditation is really the main course of the Ziva technique, is that it's giving your body deep healing rest, which allows it to get rid of all your stress from the past. And this is really where the performance element comes into play because like I said earlier, stress makes you stupid. And it's not just your stress from today, it's all the accumulated stresses you have from your whole life that ultimately slows down the brain and body, like having too many windows open on your computer. And so what we do with the meditation is that we give the body rest and it closes down all those old irrelevant windows in the brain computer so that you have more computing power for the task at hand. So you can really perform at the top of your game. And then we finish, with two minutes of manifesting. And that word gets a little bit of a bad rap because people think like, oh, it's like magical thinking or you want me to just like secret my dreams. But to me, manifesting simply means consciously creating a life you love. It's getting intentional about what you want to create in your life. How much money do you want to make? What's your dream relationship look like? What's your favorite vacation spot? You know, what's your perfect friend group look like? And I'm constantly amazed at how frequently people don't take the time to ask these questions. Instead, we ask questions like, why don't I have a boyfriend? Why can't I lose weight? Why can't I get a job? And the thing is, the quality of our life is dependent on the quality of the questions that we ask. And if we ask questions like, why can't I get a job? Your brain will find answers to that question. But if you ask questions like, what does my dream job look like? You will find answers to that question as well. And so really what we're doing at the end of the practice, because we have to keep our eyes closed to protect the optic nerve in the brain. So we use that time to start to imagine one dream, one goal as if it's happening now. And that's really the not so secret secret to manifesting is imagining your dreams as if they're happening now. And I walk people through an exercise at the end of the mindfulness and in the meditation, then we move through the manifesting exercise. And what I have found is that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts because you could meditate all day, but if you're not clear on what it is that you want, it's very hard for nature to give you your desires. And conversely, you could watch The Secret on repeat and make a million vision boards, but if you're not meditating and your body is really with stress, chances are you don't believe that you deserve your desires. And we don't get what we want in life. We get what we believe we deserve. And so it's important that we meditate. So we clean house, we get rid of all that old junk in our body so that it increases what I call deserving power. And then it's not arrogant. It's not entitlement. It's just, this is what I want. And I believe that nature gave me this desire. So I'm going to bring it into the manifest.
0: So as Java junkies, start to try to clear out the junk back in the moving truck (laughs) to Mm -hmm. load it on up and take that out of there, how long does it usually take, Emily, before someone who's in their late teens, 20s, is able to completely sort of decontaminate their bodies (laughs) with their lifetime of stress? Well, People start to see some changes right off the bat. Like people start to notice
1: like, oh, this is different. Like there's some furniture moving around. Life feels a little bit brighter, a little bit more enjoyable. My coffee tastes better. My food tastes better. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. Like that happens for most people on day one or two. Like that is pretty quick. But how long does it take to get rid of the entire backlog of stresses you've ever accumulated in your entire life? For most people, it's somewhere around seven to 10 years. For people who are starting at the early age of 18 or 20 or something, it might be only five years. But it's very different for each person depending on how stressed are they when they start, how regular are they with the practice, and then how much demand are they under while they're practicing. So it's very individual, but people start to notice that their life gets better almost immediately. Now, the caveat to that is that in the first few days and weeks of people starting, there can be a period of physical and emotional detox. And that's really my job is to help people through that. My job is to let people know when they need to adjust the program or when they need to maybe back off the meditation because I've been through that myself and I've helped over 15,000 people through that process. So it doesn't scare me anymore. And I have a lot of tools in my toolkit to help people make that process elegant and not scary.
0: Oh, that's great. Emily, what do you say to people who think they can't meditate like me when I first started because we can't clear our minds?
1: Mm. So this is really big. This is the number one barrier to meditation. And it's really why most people think meditation is hard. It's why most people quit. And I feel like there's this one dude out there telling everyone to clear their minds and we got to find him and we got (laughs) to teach him how to meditate because he's making it so much harder for everyone. But here's the really good news. The mind thinks involuntarily, just like the heart beats involuntarily. So trying to give your brain a command to shut up is as effective as trying to give your heart a command to stop beating. It just just doesn't work. And yet this is the criteria by which everyone is judging themselves as to whether or not they can meditate. And it makes me sad because then people quit and they potentially rob themselves of a lifetime of bliss and fulfillment of a lifetime of better performance because some yoga teacher who didn't actually know how to meditate themselves said, just clear your mind, just let the thoughts go. But it's not about not having thoughts. No, no one cares if you're a good meditator. Everyone cares if you're good at life. And the reason why meditation makes you good at life is actually because it's giving you that deep rest, which makes you more awake in your waking state. And it is that increase in wakefulness that's actually increasing your consciousness. That's the thing
0: that's up-leveling your performance capabilities. Fantastic. Now, I'm going to ask you about Stress Less, Accomplish More, your new book that's coming out in early 2019 in February, as a matter of fact. But first, I want to ask you about one of the things that you've said Java junkies and others will get out of the Ziva technique, and that is mind-blowing sex. (laughs) How? What is it about meditation and the three Ms that will really lead to that better orgasm? So a
1: lot of folks don't actually realize just how stressed they are. And there's some new science coming out suggesting that if women have a certain amount of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, if they have too much cortisol, then they become physically incapable of orgasming. And similarly with men, if they have too much adrenaline, they become incapable of having an erection. So even if you're not that far gone, even if you're not in the place where you're dealing with those types of severe issues, no matter how much adrenaline and cortisol you have during, you know, sexy playtime, It's dampening your ability to fully enjoy the process, to fully surrender to the practice. And I think I'm a little fuzzy on the science because it's been a minute since I've visited it. But what I do know is that the number one reason why cohabitating couples in the US don't have as much sex as they want to is they say that they're too tired, right? It's like the number one excuse that people Mm -hmm. use as I'm too tired. And so if the meditation is giving you rest, that's five times deeper than sleep. So that means the 15 minute meditation, you're getting the equivalent of about an hour's nap. If you do that at three or 4pm, then you actually have a little gas left in the tank. So when you get home, you might actually have a little bit more energy to, you know, be with your partner or to go out on a date or to go hang out with your friends and maybe meet someone versus being so exhausted, so overwhelmed and burned out from your day's work that you just come home and binge on Netflix and scroll through Instagram and pass out on the couch. And the other thing, you know, the classic excuse of like, not tonight, honey, I have a headache. Well, we have a 90% success rate with migraines at Ziva if they are stress related. And so if you're using the meditation to help heal these basic things like stress and migraines and give you more energy, then the hypothesis here is that you have more energy, more wellness to be present with your partner. And then as far as the mindfulness component goes of Ziva, what we teach is something called come to your senses, which is a simple, but powerful technique where you actually move through all five of your senses. And I actually teach folks to do that before they engage in sex. So it's like they're priming the pump. They're warming up their brains and body, really getting themselves present in the moment so that they can be fully available to their partners. And then the final thing that I'll mention, and it gets a little out there, but there's a thing called mirror neurons. And mirror neurons are the reason why porn is a multi-billion dollar industry. It's the reason why you can receive pleasure from watching someone else have pleasure. Or if this was a video podcast and I were to pull out a knife and cut my hand, you'd be like, you know, ow, like it would hurt you by watching me cut myself. And so mirror neurons are, I imagine them as boomerangs in the brain. So imagine that my brain has boomerangs and your brain has boomerangs and they come out and they dance with each other and then they report back to our brains. And so when you meditate, you're increasing mirror neural activity, which means that you receive more pleasure from watching your partner have pleasure. It means that you're more empathetic and perhaps even a little bit, (laughs) perhaps your partner will think that you're psychic because you're going to start to (laughs) intuit what they want before they even know it. And then because you're receiving pleasure from their pleasure, it starts like a beautiful, generous upward spiral instead of like, well, what have you done for me lately? Or let's just get this over with, which is not great conditions for having
0: fun, sexy time. No, I would I would say so, for sure. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. So let's get into Stress Less, Accomplish More. Why did you write this book and how do you see it as a compliment or a supplement to your online course, Emily? So I think that the book is a great place for people
1: to get started. It goes deep into the neuroscience and science behind all the selfish reasons that we want to meditate. Like there's a chapter on better sex, as what we just talked about. There's a chapter on reversing your body age. There's a chapter on immune health. There's a chapter on sleep. And so we go deep into the neuroscience of why meditation makes all of these different things better, which I find are the selfish reasons that most of us come to meditation. And then part two of the book, I actually share a practice. It's a gentle version than what I teach online, but people actually do learn a gentle version of the three Ms, the mindfulness, the meditation and the manifesting. And then part three of the book, we really pull the lens out and we look at the ripple effect of what does this practice do not only to you selfishly, but what impact does you performing at the top of your game have on your family? What impact does that have on your office, on your classmates, on your town, on your state, on your country? And ultimately we pull the lens all the way out to ask the question, well, if we could Get a critical mass of humans meditating. What happens to consciousness itself? What happens to the human race? Because I have some pretty lofty ideas that the big threats facing humanity right now, which I consider to be climate change, racism, and the fact that our food isn't food anymore, that these are not the problems. These are symptoms of deeper underlying problems. And in order to solve those, we have to actually uplevel the state of consciousness with which they were created. And you know the Einstein quote: "No problem will be solved at the same state of consciousness with which it was." created. And in my experience, the most powerful, fastest tool we have to really change consciousness to get rid of stress is meditation. And so what I've done in this book is taken what I consider to be the most potent, powerful medicine out there, which is meditation. And I've wrapped it in some really delicious candy coating, like better sex and more money and better parking karma.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, that is so exciting. You have definitely put yourself out there, in terms of pretty lofty ambitions that you want to achieve.
1: Mm, yes, my new goal at Ziva is to eradicate unnecessary suffering from the planet.
0: <laughs> Dang. <laughs> yeah. That's just, pretty I- good. <laughs> That's a good one. So Emily, I try to ask all time for coffee guests a couple of questions. And this one in particular is, you know, relevant for you and your mission, which is a time in your professional life when you struggled or failed, and you have already alluded to your time on Broadway as an actress and a performer, but more importantly, how you came through the other side, how you built resilience. What lessons did you learn in the process? If you could share a story with Java junkies to help them Appreciate the fact that we all go through this shit. We all Mm -hmm. have our ups and downs in our personal lives and in our professional lives. Mm Mm-hmm. So, you know, being an actress, it's
1: failure after failure after failure. I mean, it's rejection after rejection after rejection. You go on 100 auditions, you maybe book one. That means 99 times you're hearing no. And so I think that since I had done that my whole life, I do think I had exercised that resilience muscle already, but it was taking quite a toll on my body. So once I had the meditation and it wasn't causing such a physical toll, but I had that muscle of resilience and rejection already built in, I think that combination was quite powerful. But there's one instance that comes to mind and it was actually when I had first built our first online training. And like I said, it was an experiment. I didn't know if it was going to work, but I was really proud of what we had created. I had spent nine months making the videos, building the back-end technology, creating a CRM platform for our customers. And we had done like months, like two or three months of marketing, all leading up to like the intro call, right? And it was going to be this big call with people in from all over the world. And I was going to introduce my new baby and have this course. And it was gonna be this big launch. It was gonna be like a world changing event and cut to the day. We get the call. There's like maybe 23 people on the call. Two of them signed up for the course. And I remember I came home and I cried and cried and cried to my husband. And I was so confused. I was like, I don't understand why everyone doesn't want this. Like, this is the key. This is the thing. Why don't people understand how good it is? And I really, I really thought about quitting. I was like, this road is too long. This work is too hard. It's too much of an uphill battle. People think that meditation is hard. They think it's a waste of time. No one even understands how easy and good it can be. And I really wanted to quit. And probably because I'm some wise, he said, I mean, I'm so lucky to have my husband. He's been such a support and a mentor to me through all of this. But I just let myself be sad and I just let myself be disappointed and I was hurt. But then I just got back in the saddle the next day and I just went back to work and I just kept on keeping on because I really, truly believe in the power of these tools. And now cut to, you know, Ziva is well over seven figures and recently learned that there's only two percent of female entrepreneurs that cross the seven figure mark. And I'm wow, really, yeah, isn't that crazy? Which is, I think this is something we have to change. And so I'm really into empowering, I mean, all entrepreneurs, but certainly female entrepreneurs. And I'd say about 75% of our revenue is from the online training now. And so we went from two people signing up and me crying in my bedroom, wanting to quit. to now we're on track to, you know, grossing 2 million a year. And what I love about that is that I get to pay my employees well, I get to put that money back into Ziva and create better products and create, you know, easier ways for people to learn and take a year to write a book so that it can reach more people. So this is something I'm very proud of.
0: Well, unbelievable. I'm so thrilled for you, Emily, because gosh, I mean, to think that you were able to pick yourself up, that next day and be like super sad and disappointed and yet just kind of like ease into the pain Mm -hmm. and move forward. Because I think, you know, the Chinese have a great expression. It's chikwu. You eat bitterness. Mm. And if you can eat bitterness in life, you will get to the sweet.
1: Yes. Yes. And this is very, I love this saying. And then I think it's been quite literal and esoteric. It's like, well, you have to have bitter on your plate. That's the whole macrobiotic thing. But it's also, we have to be willing to feel the pain. And one of the concepts that I know, you know, from Ziva online is better out than in, you know, we got to feel this stuff. We have to process it. We have to move through to the new now. And a lot of us spend so much of our lives trying to avoid pain that we never put ourselves out there. We never make the things we're afraid it's going to fail. But if you don't make it,
0: who's going to? Yeah. And you may fail. You may have really, really tough times. I mean, I think that's one of the many reasons, Emily, I wanted you to talk about how you built Ziva because for anyone who goes to the Ziva Meditation website, and it's zivameditation.com, they're going to see this beautiful website with amazing videos and wonderful swag, like fuck off, I'm meditating, the Ziva door tag that you can buy and great t-shirts and all of this and all of the wonderful things that you're doing for the community. And they're not going to realize how much bitterness you ate to get here. Mm. Yeah. I mean, everything, it's, it's a beautiful saying
1: that, you know, pain carves out space for more joy. I think it's a real K quote. And I hold that in my heart a lot of times because it, Pain is a part of life. Suffering even is a part of life. But when I say my mission is to eradicate unnecessary suffering, that's when we put fear on top of pain or we think that we shouldn't feel pain, right? It's when we somehow resist it that it makes it worse versus if you just let yourself be scared or just let yourself be sad or let yourself just feel whatever you are. You give yourself the ability to process it more fully and therefore more quickly. And then you move through to the new now. And that's where the sweetness is. It's always in the now. Our bliss is always found in the present moment and it's always found inside of us. But if we spend our whole lives trying to avoid the bitterness or try to avoid
0: the pain, then we never actually get to fully taste the sweetness. Yeah. So final time for coffee question, Emily. If you could go back to college, back to Florida State University and do it all over again, but based on the wisdom that you have now, what advice would you give yourself? I've been thinking about this question a lot. And I don't know if this is a great answer, but
1: I actually don't know if I would change anything. I'm so grateful for how my life has turned out. I'm so grateful that I've taken the roads that I've taken. I'm so grateful for the parties I went to and the drugs that I did and the friends that I made and the you know all of it. Like It was just all perfect. And I say that because I'm very happy with where I am right now. And I think that as human beings, the happier we are with our current circumstances, the easier it is to bless our past. If we're not happy with where we are in the right now, then we look at our past through the lens of what should I have changed? What should I have done differently? And I'm not saying that I don't have lessons to learn. I do. I'm learning them all the time. But there's nothing that I would change. I think that if I hadn't gone through the failures and the upsets and the heartbreaks that I went through then, I wouldn't be where I am now. And so I guess the takeaway is do whatever it takes to fully accept where you are right now today, because that is the lens through which you will see everything, your past and your future.
0: Mm. Well, Emily's new book is called Stress Less, Accomplish More. You can pre-order it. We're going to have it in show notes so you can just click on the Amazon link. It comes out in February 2019. Her online course, the Ziva Technique, you can find it at zivameditation.com. It's a 15-day course. Emily Fletcher Thank you so much for making Time for Coffee with me and the Java Junkie community today. I greatly appreciate you making the time for us. It has been an
1: absolute delight. Thank you for being such a great interviewer and thank you for sharing this with your tribe and for you committing to the practice and now with your son. I'm really excited to hear that update.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you